My people, my people, what up, though? We want to welcome y'all to episode 15 of the Fishbowl Podcast. You know who it is. Everybody's favorite asshole. Here, my sis, Tal Boogie. What up, sis? Hi. I. How are you this week? I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm at about 95 hours for the week. That is what you always say, but I heard that you went axe throwing yesterday. How was that? It was fun. I didn't throw the axes, though. I went, but I ended up not deciding not to throw the axes. You sound like a vagina. Well, when we first walked in, I saw a Caucasian woman. Um, she threw the axe, and it bounced back, and the guy kicked it out of her way so it wouldn't hit her in the leg, and that's when I was like, you know what? I'm just here for the drink. <laughs> so, so, oh, And they serve alcohol. Well, that's probably why that incident happened. Maybe she was a little tipsy. Not to mention, to be 100% honest, when we walked in, it was probably about 20 or so people in there. And it's uh, four black guys, five white girls, and a black girl. And we got, we got all the mayo-colored eyes on us. So it was a little bit awkward at first. But, you know... Usually, once people have a conversation with you, it, it, they warm up to you a little bit. So it wasn't too bad. It was a nice, nice little um, place. Got really trashed and watched people throw X's. I might yeah. try next time. I'll have to go in sober though. Yeah, that definitely is something that I want to try, but I I have to be completely sober um, in order to do that. I don't think it's a good idea to mix X throwing and alcohol. I am not. No, not at all. No, I've seen a couple of the exes bounce back, and it, it just really was like, all right, it's my. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's no, there's no fence or gate or nothing in between you and the fucking axe coming at your head. And then one of one of the guys was with, you know, obviously we were all drinking. So then he's throwing the axe. And then uh, they have two instructors on the floor. They're just kind of walking around, making sure people are doing the right thing. So he's like, hey, can, can I throw it underhand? So the guy taught him how to throw it underhand. I was like, all right, next is motherfucking ass. He threw her behind his back. Yeah, <laughs> That's what no. I was like. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you're not so you're not supervised at all times. There's just like instructors floating around. They show you how to throw. They show the the, the different ways to throw the axes at first, and then they leave you to your own accord, kinda. No, I don't want to be left to my own accord with an axe. I'm sorry. A lot of the people who are with us, they decide to go with this two hand throw, which is you take it over your head and pull it back. And you throw it and you release it like barely when it's over your head to hit the board. No. Um, and that's the most kind of the, that was kind of puts more power, gives you gives you more power in your throw. But my thing was my dumb ass fuck around and forget to release and just let it come down and hit myself in the leg or some shit. <laughs> yeah, um I definitely think that's a completely super activity, but it does sound hella fun. So I'm down for that. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. So how you been? I have actually been amazing. Um, I went to a kind of like a metaphysical fair um, this week and got some crystals and some. That's weird. <laughs> the fuck is a metaphysical? Is that that's what they called it? A metaphysical fair? Yeah, they had like psychics and people who sell crystals and people were doing um, Reiki healings and. Just all types of stuff. It was absolutely fun. I got henna for the first time. Was it um, crystal meth that they were selling? No, Billy. Not the only crystal I know. 
Mr. Man. And that's the problem. That's why we're here to educate you, right, family? <laughs> like, no, but honestly, I don't. I don't fuck with psyches, man. I don't, I don't fuck with psyches or palm readers. Because honestly, like, if I sit down in front of a psychic, most psychics are women. Um, if I sit down in front of, or most palm readers are women also. Um, if I sit down in front of a psychic or a woman, um, and they they foretold my future and it was bad, like they told me I was gonna die or get hit by a car or some shit, I'm swing, I'm swinging on them, like off rip. I'm gonna feel crazy and I'm punching. I'm gonna hit the person who told me, like, don't disrespect me like that, bro. Well, clearly you cannot handle your emotions well. Um, but no, there were psychics there. There was actually a lady there who was taking pictures of people's aura and. It supposed to tell you like what color your aura was um there was all types of like just really cool things there um and it was my first time like going to an actual fair where it was that big because usually I just go to like our local crystal shop so it was good to like meet other people who kind of believe the same kind of things that I do it was really neat I already know what color my aura is I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z um what does that have to do with what color your aura is I'm, I'm a super saiyan, so I glow gold when I, you know, when I when I turn up. Okay. I have a gold aura. Okay. Good night, sir. Um, like Rick James. Okay, you're done. Can we get to the first topic? Please? All right. So the first topic is in your backyard, literally. A man in Missouri, Clayton County, Missouri. Uh, he was being tracked by canine and law enforcement. They couldn't find him, but guess how they found him? They found him because the man flatulated. If people don't know what flatulated means, that means he ripped one. If you don't know what ripped one means, it means he fought it. <laughs> I that's, that's a hell of a way to get caught doing. Like I beat my own ass when I got to jail. I, it would literally be that scene from Liar Liar where Jim Carrey beats himself up in the bathroom. My nigga, how loud does your fart have to be for you to get caught? Exactly. Hiding. Not exactly. to mention, it ain't like you're in a room with these guys. He was hiding outside. Outside, yeah. So the, the sound should have spread out. Your fart <laughs> has to be really fucking. It has nothing to bounce off of. Come back. Your your fart has to be really fucking loud for you to get caught out. He he had to shard on himself. I'm I'm 100 sure he shit his drawers when that came. Out. Had to have a little reverb on it. Like I don't. Ah, this is just criminals not the smartest people but i have just never heard of anyone getting caught because of flatulence this this is insane to me i feel like um it was just in god's will for him to get caught because his own body turned him in yeah yeah he got caught and had a serious case of mud butt afterwards <laughs> i hope it wasn't a juicy one let me just say that because how horrible would it be there's no way it, it, it's it only went one of two ways it was either juicy wet and loud or his booty whistle <laughs> either way it's disgusting but it's even more horrible because now you have to sit in jail with mud butt like that's not okay oh he gonna get picked on in the yard they not let him get away with this shit. They go, they gonna, they gonna terrorize his ass when yeah. he gets on the, the inside. And if I was a guard, I would for sure tell people that this was the guy who got caught because he farted. Oh yeah, he gonna get a terrible nickname. His, I don't know what it's gonna be, but his nickname is gonna be fucking terrible while he's on the ends. Ooh, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to think of a good one for that. But that's hilarious. Like, shout out to him or 
I was out to him. And I don't think they released a name. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I didn't see a name in the article because that's that's completely embarrassing. Um, I I would hope they wouldn't do that. I did not see a name in what I read, but that he's got to feel horrible. Like, gosh, it, it, it sounds like he was hiding well at that. He had ev- evaded the canine, and then yeah. next thing you know, a dog hears his fart like a dog whistle. That's what. That's the craziest part because your own body literally turned you in. There's there was nothing he could. I mean, I guess he could have tried to hold it, but that's really not good for your stomach either. So, if I'm the cop, I, I probably laugh. That's why I couldn't be a cop because something like that, where I would just die laughing. If it was a fart that was loud enough for you to hear it, and you were the cop, would you high five him after you arrested him? No, that's that's nasty. <laughs> That's what guys do. Like y'all fart and then you high five because it's disgusting. I'd probably make him ride in the trunk. Like I'll probably gonna get written up. I'm like, bro, you're not getting in my cop car smelling like that. Smelling like that? No, I I agree. Yeah, that's definitely that's definitely gonna leave a mark. Okay, you be corn, huh? Like, bro, <laughs> come on, dog. There's no way. But let's move on to the next topic. Um, so the next topic is one that I like. Um, the NBA has decided to get rid of the term owner. What do you think about that? I I think that it's a good – I think what they're trying to do is a good thing, to make it more of a um, – like people don't feel like, you know, it's a slave mentality kind of thing. So I think that, like, some teams had already moved away from that terminology. I just don't think – I don't know. I, I don't feel like it should be such a big deal as people are blowing it up to be more politically correct. I, I just think it should be like something that's because other teams have done it and they, I, they've decided the NBA to, is doing it as a whole. It's like a, you know, a big thing. So I just I don't think it's that big of news. I don't. I'm sorry. They've decided to go with the term governor. Governor. Uh, to, to, to go with governor. Um, but the, one thing about the NBA, man, is the NBA is probably, especially with the new commissioner, um, David Stern retired. He was really strict. He reminded you more of a Roger Goodell type in the NFL, who is a shitty commissioner. Um, but Adam Silver seems to be a lot more open to a lot more things. He's really forward thinking. Um, and he understands more than anybody about player empowerment. Um, and about how about that he does have a league that's almost 80% African American. Yeah, I think the NBA is definitely the most woke out of all the sports um franchises for sure. Yeah. They they really are. And um Adam Silver is a really good commissioner. So st- I mean, he's even talked about um depending on how it goes possibly allowing cuz a lot of athletes now like uh Matt Barnes, Al Harrington, Stephen Jackson they're all coming out and being honest and saying, you know, for pain, I smoked marijuana during my playing days. Right. Um and a lot of athletes smoking in the off season now and he's been really forward thinking about how he's going to approach um marijuana and and how how it's worked how how it, how it will work in the NBA. I think that's yeah, I did see something about that and I have seen a lot of NBA players speaking out more so in um favor of using marijuana. And I think that's a good thing because we have doctors who are 
you know, over prescribing these medications. And then that's how you get a Lamar Odom where he's on drugs, on pills, and then he's starting to smoke crack, you know, like, I think that. Don't blame that on the doctor, bro. I'm just saying like doctors do over prescribe medications and then they, you start with pills. That's a real gateway drug. Like these. Look, if that's the that case, Kardashians people. are over, are the doctors that are over prescribing medication because they out here fucking up lives. I'm not, we're not going to get into the KKK. K. But look, bruh, just let, they got, they had, she had, Lamar Odom was worth, had made about $90 million in his NBA career. Started to smoke crack. I'm his damn nerves so bad. Really? No, because, okay, let me just say this. I, it's a poor I, man's drug. He could at least did coke. He could at least <laughs> it to raw. No, because Lamar Odom is from the hood and he was keeping it real. And hood niggas get down with the crack. No. That's all I'm going to say. Number one. Number two is I liked them as a couple. I really did. And that was back when I but actually they, they were together the for like all, They were together for like three months before they decided to get married. That has nothing to do with me or you. All witchcraft. Witchcraft. Is, we need to done. burn them at the stake like they used to do in Salem. All the Kardashians. Would have been witches. They would have been seen as witches. Really? They would have been burned during the Salem witch trial. No, they don't. Only, only witches that matter are the witches from Hocus Pocus. What about the girls from Charm? Okay, we're not about to do I, this I like Charm, yeah, but they damn sure wasn't the Kardashians. <laughs> listen, listen, I'm not, I'm not talking about the Kardashians. We are off on a fucking tangent like nobody's business. I'm talking about how doctors prescribe this medications and athletes get addicted to pain meds. So I think that allowing them to use marijuana as a treatment for their joint pains or what, whatever it may be, I think that's a great thing. And I think that the NBA is definitely um, light years ahead of the NFL when it comes to um, listening to the players and actually advocating for the things that the players want. Most definitely. So shout out to the NBA. Even though, um, I don't know if you've ever seen the new commissioner, Adam Silver. He's a really cool guy, but he looks like one of the aliens off Men in Black. Um, When is the NBA going to have a black commissioner? That's what I want to well, the way the commissioners work in football, basketball, or anything, it's uh, kind of like a Supreme Court justice. It's a lifetime deal. Once you're commissioner, you're commissioner until you decide to retire or you die. How the fuck do people keep getting these lifetime? So how do, how do you get the job? Do you have to apply? Or Honestly, do I don't fucking know. Out of the um, hat? Is it like a sorting hat like on Harry Potter? You are a Gryffindor. Is that what happens? Honestly, I don't know. Uh, there's the commissioner and there's a, a assistant commissioner. And usually an assistant commissioner is a younger guy who is around for 20 years basically being groomed for the job. That sounds like some Illuminati rise to power type shit. I don't like it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, NBA has a good commissioner. So I think they're um, – and it's a – I don't know who picks – I don't know how – I don't know. I don't know. I Maybe the team owners select the commissioners. I don't know. I think that's something you should find out and report back to us on because I'm interested in knowing the answer to that. Yeah, we can definitely figure that out. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the next. Tizopic. Uh, tip the towel on the running by. Money on the highway in Atlanta. So, 
Motorists scrambled to pick up flying cash after an armored vehicle's doors flew open in Atlanta. I've seen videos and this shit is epic. What I'm saying is people are it was it was hundreds of thousand dollars, hundreds of thousands worth of dollars just flying around. I would have got out and got some. I'm not gonna lie. Absolutely would have been out there with my SpongeBob butterfly catching net trying to catch me some dollars. I like, feel like I, I would have been smart about it though. Um there's a high chance that the money is marked. So I probably would have only spent it on vacation. So I went on a vacation, Jamaica, somewhere like that, and that's where I would spend my money at. Well, we all know that since you never go on vacation, you never would have spent the money and it would have just been sitting in your closet then. Well, I, I would have had the money to spend it. Me personally, <laughs> I would spend the money at little like corner stores where I know that they don't have, like their cameras probably don't work. So they ain't going to know who came in here and spent this $20. So you telling me you get a hundred... $30,000 off the freeway in Atlanta. You're going to spend all your money on, on juicy juices and quarter bags of chips at Corner of Stone. You don't know, shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, this is... Okay, This I'm about to let you into my criminal mind for a second. Just roll with me for a second, right? Literally go in the store and maybe like spend... I don't know, $15, give him 100 a 100 that I would know that came from off the highway. He give me my... $85 back. That's $85 of clean money. And I would just keep doing that over and over again until I washed all the money and then do whatever I wanted with it because it was clean. I'm just saying. That's Corner stores don't take hundreds. You know this. You grew up in the hood. They, they are not taking no $100 bill in no corner store. They don't trust it. That's one thing about the black black hey, corner stores and air corner stores in the hood. They don't like hundred dollar bills because they cannot very trust true. them. They cannot yeah, I, trust. I would them. find a way to wash the money. I would do it a smart way for sure. Yeah, go, go ahead, and get them juicy juices and quarter bags of chips. You was talking about first. <laughs> but I definitely would not. I did see an article um, as a follow up to that that said that they were asking people to return the money and people were actually turning it in. Yeah, I seen one people how to live their life. I seen one fool ass dude. Um. I seen one fool ass dude return a whole bundle of it in to get to take. He got to take a picture with two cops, and I'm like, this motherfucker. His name had to be Lonnie. Lonnie's anybody, everybody, anybody named Lonnie automatically sounds like a snitch. I I'm sorry, but I would not be one of those people who turn their money in. I'm not telling people how to live their lives, but I just think you a fool ass motherfucker if you gonna turn that money like, cause cause this is honestly how I feel. What have the governments and the banks and whoever's money that, what have they done for us? Like that wasn't uh, the money coming from a community leader. More, more than likely that was money that was picked up from a bank who gives out predatory loans to people. Like in, in my head, I could justify keeping that fucking money and I would. I'm not turning it back in. I'm sorry. Most definitely. I'm going to be like, what? How? Billy get a Basquiat in his house. I'm on a fucking come up. That's how. Like for real. I'm at a black market shit. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But yes, why you the best it? way the best way to wash your money is to buy something else illegal and hold that on to it. True. That is very honestly. True. You buy art, diamonds. The best, the best way to wash your money. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So now that we've proven to the world that we are criminal masterminds. Like Billy opened up an electronics store really fast. <laughs> like, where did he even get the capital for that? None of your goddamn business. Exactly. <laughs> exactly.
I'd probably, I don't know. I don't know what I'd do. If I just got a hundred thousand dollars like free off the freeway, I I'm gonna tell you the honest to God is truth. I would just pay my student loans because I feel like they give me an unrelenting amount of heartburn. Like legitimately. Man, I'm not even gonna pay them. I'm just gonna wait this shit out. I'm not even joking. I'm, <laughs> I'm literally really like, it's, on it's, Elizabeth it's, Warren and Bernie Sanders because I up. that's, that's no lie. That's no lie. Like I'm literally waiting this promise from our presidential candidates that they're going to erase my student loans. I am not going to pay them. It's a waiting game at this point. Agreed. I it's, need it's, them to come it's through. It's who cracks. Real. Between us, me and them, is who cracks first, me or Sally Mae. And I'm not letting Sally Mae get the best. It's like a staring contest. I'm in a staring contest with Sally Mae right now. I got a poker face like a motherfucker. Like. <laughs> I'm not I'm not blinking, bro. I haven't. Yeah. yeah. I'm not no, blinking. I feel, you. I feel you. Yeah. So, I would, if, but I'm just saying, like, if I got a free hundred thousand, I'm gonna go ahead and pay off some little bills, get that on off my credit report, let it look good, then I can go buy me a house or whatever. And yeah, most definitely, I, they're gonna be like, I'm gonna be one of those people who they're gonna be like, uh, twenty years from now, I'm gonna be like, um, money that was that that was off the freeway from Atlanta found man was sleeping on die sleeping on top of two hundred thousand dollars. It was stuffed in his mattress all these years. You just go. You just not gonna take it to the bank at all. You gonna you, you hear, but you hear stories like that from black people all the time because black people don't trust banks. Older That's black people, true. older That's black true. people. I, you know, it's crazy. I even have friends that don't trust banks, and I mean, they refuse to bank. They'll get like one of those little rush cards or something mm-hmm. like that to keep their money on because they just not trust the banking system. I absolutely know people who are just a little bit older than me who feel the exact same way. And that's why I just generally encourage people to try and bank black. Like, You know, the funniest part about actual currency is that if all this shit crashed and, you know, it was a, some kind of apocalyptic world, that no matter, the, the rich are no longer, it doesn't matter. I mean, obviously, they have the means to get themselves into a better situation in an apocalyptic world, but money won't matter anymore. It's going to become a barter system. I completely, totally, and utterly agree. And that's why it's hilarious to me that we put so much stock in something that ultimately will not and does not matter and is made up. In paper. Yeah, because back in the day, paper money wasn't even a thing. Like, people bartered. They started paper money because we're going through the depression like it's something that we we put faith in 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 our minds basically we make it important in our heads and that's all that it is it it doesn't really mean anything at the end of the day it's crazy that I buy something with paper money I can buy something with paper money and it can be usable and working but when it becomes because I just bought it and now it's used it loses value but it it's it has all its value still because it works. And in a barter system, that's where your value is, something that works well. Exactly. I mean it's it's crazy. It's a crazy thought, but that's off it's not a thought. That's literally capitalism, the United States of America. Yeah. yeah. Um th- speaking of capitalism, let's talk about a little bit of Iran Contra. Some this is some eighties shit I'm about to talk about right now. So 20 tons of cocaine was found on a J.P. Morgan and Chase cargo ship. La Cocaina. Um, not surprised, are you? 
I'm not at all. I mean, we all know. We all know. Exactly. Anybody seen Wolf of Wall Street? Because these all these bankers out here doing this is this is what got me about this is we live in a world where to be literally to have money, you can do anything that you want to do. And we just talked about how money is like it's a made up construct. We put so much power behind money that the people with money can do whatever they want to do. But poor people go to jail for things like rich people can bring in as much cocaine. They can smoke cocaine. They can be drug addicts and they will never see one day in jail. Rich people like this Epstein guy can rape children and that's a luxury of having money. But poor people will go to jail for those crimes. It's crazy to me how how we put so much stock in money. It's paper. Yeah. It, I mean, it, the, the 20 tons was worth $1.3 billion in cocaine. Yeah. That's a I mean, lot that, of fucking Honestly, that, that is something that the cartel wouldn't try to do. And that's the thing about it, that you know there's a bigger game at play here. Cartels are minuscule when it comes, other than the killing, cartels are minuscule when it comes to the major players in the drug game. Yeah, and, and most of the time, it's the people with the money. Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm not surprised. And I was reading the article about this, and it was saying how, you know, J.P. Morgan is the umbrella company of the company that actually owns this um, cargo ship, and they weren't actually the ones who were running the business and blah, blah, blah. But it all goes into prove how these large companies, these large families, let's call them families. These large families have all these different branches who are doing all this illegal shit. And it's easy for them to say, I have no idea what's going on. So just like we talked about with Iran Contra, Billy, just like you were asking me, you know, if I thought that Reagan knew. Do you think that the people at J.P. Morgan Chase know about all the illegal shit that the other branches of their company are doing? Of course. Um, that's the thing about companies. Uh, one thing drug dealers know is what's the best way to wash money? Um, the best way to wash money is to start a company. You, It's, you know, everybody would like, for, for instance, Let's relate to something relatable. Most people watch Power. It's a great show. How do they wash their money? Laundry mats. They own a ton of laundry mats. Um, they they funnel their money through it. That's the best way to get good, clean money when your money's dirty is to funnel it through another corporation. Um, and to not make that corporation your own is the smartest way to do it. That way they can wash their hands of this because they got caught doing it. They can say, well... Just an umbrella. That's a branch of what the bigger thing is. That's how they wash it. I mean, it's genius. It's it's a genius idea. I'm just I'm I'm in awe of where we are. Only and... thing that, that that caught me off guard is that you know motherfuckers ain't really buying crack and coke like that out here. Billy, I don't think that's necessarily true because there's still people fighting over territory to sell crack. Like that, you're not around people who doing crack, so you don't know how not many as much though. Like crack. seriously though, like one foot in, one foot out, it just don't. I don't see it. I, I see more pills and methamphetamine. Like 
Yeah, I'm, but you also have to think that there's a lot of people such as rich white kids that you don't have access to, and I know some of them. They're doing, they're doing so. Imagine me as a drug dealer. You know what I would do? I would become the biggest fucking meth seller in the world because you don't find, honestly, you don't find meth in other countries. This is First real. of all, I'm not selling meth just because it can blow your shit up. Imagine meth being an exported item. Cocaine that is shit's an exported unstable, item. bro. That shit is known. Once it's cooked, it's fine. It's unstable. I know, but I don't, I'm not cooking it. That's what I'm saying. Imagine JP like, Morgan and Chase being as rich as they are, having as good as science as they are, having as good a technology. Imagine the quality of meth they can make. Now, imagine them exporting that meth to other countries to get them hooked. The same way. I mean, you're giving there. somebody bad ideas right now. I'm just saying, meth is cheaper than cocaine. It's a manufacturing it is cheaper. They they could probably make a very high quality. And since it's only used really used in the U.S. mostly, been making it an export makes it boom in other countries. It's a lower price drug. People can afford it more. I mean, we're talking about a trillion dollar idea. I just gave you. Are there any, and that's what I was about to ask, are there any drugs that are exported from the United States? I don't think so. No, and that's the thing. Meth is a, kind of a, a, a U.S.-based drug. Why not export it, make some money off of it? That's just Because, because Billy, there's people on meth whose fucking faces are rotting off. Like, we don't want the world exposed to that. I'm we don't saying, want America no, exposed if, to if, it. If, if you want... If, Looking at profitability compared to the manufacturing cost, meth is actually the way to go as a drug if you're going to be one of these major corporations. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because you're really trying to make a case for making meth a worldwide phenomenon of a Just drug. Saying, I'm not with this. Is it a smart idea? Just yes or no? I'm not. Money-wise, would it be smart? I feel like if you could prove... Yes no, money-wise, would it be smart? <laughs> sure. I'll give you that. Sure. End of discussion. Okay. End of discussion. So, next topic. Um, Tennessee law makes it a felony to disable body... Will, well, will. It's the Tennessee law that's, on, that's being proposed right now that will make it a felony to disable body cameras. Oh, but by the way, before I let you talk about this subject... Uh, with that idea I just came up with, if anyone tries to capture me or anything, guys, please find out where the fuck I am. Because I just came up with a genius idea, and I don't want to get kidnapped by a cartel because of my idea I came up with. So it was just an idea. I'm a broke black man. Leave me the fuck alone. Uh, go, go ahead. Talk about this Tennessee law. I, I just kind of scared myself. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, yeah, so... Let me, I can't, you, you knocked me off my square. I was on my square, like, ready for this, and you just completely knocked me off my square with that whole meth conversation. So let me get back to my centered self and start talking about the body cams in Tennessee. Yes. Um, first of all, I want to give them a hand clap. Because I think legislation like this is absolutely positively needed. Um, all too many times in cases where there is an officer who is wearing a body cam um, and 
A person is shot, the body cam is off, the body cam is malfunctioning, the officer is planting drugs on people. Um, I think that these body cams and the evidence that they are providing across the country so far has been invaluable in getting a lot of people off of, um, getting a lot of people out of legal situations, but also in catching the bad actors that are part of the police department. Because right now, we know that not all cops are bad cops, but how do you tell the difference between a good cop and a bad cop? Um, so we absolutely positively need this body cam footage as evidence. I think everybody should be held accountable. I think this is awesome that Tennessee is doing this and more states should do it. The thing that I don't get about body cams is why they gave them the ability to disable them. And I think that's where the problem is me. Um, as far as the body cam goes, why did they give them the ability to disable body cameras? I agree. I completely agree. There, there should never be a time. Like, and sometimes you know how, um, I know at my job, there's things that we may build into a system where we'll say, well, it's in there, but we won't activate it. Or we won't tell them about it so they won't use it because there's no need to. Why would you even tell them how to disable the body cam? Like, what would they ever need that for is what I can't figure out. So I agree. I don't think it's something that you should be able to turn off, just like, you know, the, the video camera on the dashboard. But then again, cops had that and it wasn't stopping them from shooting people or playing evidence or anything like that. So I don't, I don't know what a body cam is supposed to do, to be honest, because even in cases where there's body cam footage and you can clearly see that the suspect does not have a weapon and he is complying and they still killing people, people are still not going to jail. So I don't, I don't know. I, I feel like Tennessee is trying to take steps in the right direction, but I also feel like we need to be able to hold our law enforcement officers accountable. And right now we are not able to do that at all. We're not. Um, that's the problem, man. Um, it just, it's just weird that they can disable a body camera and no questions are asked about it. Get into argument all of a sudden, you know, and, and it, honestly, it seems like a lot of these disabled body cameras are coming when they're coming in contact with an African-American. Exactly. And my thing is, what what is the reason for you disabling your body cam? Like, what was the purpose of that? You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that if there is an incident where an officer is involved in a shooting or something goes left and your body cam is disabled, the you should be fired. You should no longer have a job because that is a part of your job. I've even started to see body cams pop up here in Bowling Green. There's a couple of cops uh, work at GNC and there's a couple of cops that come in there. Um, and a lot of times their body cams aren't even on, but they're, they do have them strapped to their, their chest. So, so why do they have them if they're not required to turn them on? Yeah, why that's are they taxpayer money? You would think that they would be on at all times. Um, so that, I mean, okay, say these cops weren't in the wrong. It's going to clear you, man. Exactly, exactly. And I think exactly. that would negate a lot of what's going on. It, it'll let us know whether they're in the wrong or they're in the right and let us as the people know how to react to it. I absolutely agree. Um, 
And I also think that as a taxpayer, we spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to provide this equipment to our law enforcement officers. And in situations where they disarm or turn off their body cam or they're not working, we're not being reimbursed for our money. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, it's, it's weird, man. It's weird. We live in a very strange Honestly, um, when I get pulled over now, the first thing I do is turn on, press the record button on my phone if it's charged. Um, because it's scary. Honestly, it's scary out here. Uh, I just saw a couple of days ago that a Florida deputy got caught and he was planning evidence. Just a young white guy trying to make a name for himself in his career and move up the letter fast was planning drugs on people that he was pulling over. Not surprised, but see, that's the thing. Like, you never know who the good actors and who the bad actors are, because all cops to to someone looking out looks the same, right? Like, and and also, if if I'm your partner and I know that you're doing something bad, whether I'm participating in it or not, I'm allowing it to happen. That also makes me a bad actor that, because I'm going along with the act of you doing. And that's why I think it's even smart for us to record them. You know, they have really? body cameras. I think one of the smartest things you can do when you get pulled over is automatically pull your Facebook live up and just sit it right there. The cops off. I don't necessarily think that cops care um, that you're recording them anymore, but I, I completely I for your safety there. because you know, say you record it on your phone, they can delete that recording. But Absolutely. if you record it, pull up your Facebook live, people. Start your watching. Snapchat as well. Or your, yeah, or your Snap or something like that. People will know more of what along the lines of what's going on. Absolutely. And just in case anybody ever has any doubts, if I'm ever arrested and they try to say I committed suicide, that's a lie. And I need y'all to burn this motherfucker to the ground. So let's move on to the next topic. That's sweet, sweet Chiba. Next one that we pulled out of Fishbowl. You are having the best segues today. I'm on a fucking roll. Yeah, I'm on a roll. You're killing the game right now. I appreciate that. Um, Like I said, move on to the next topic. That's sweet, sweet cheaper. Um, What we pulled out of the fishbowl next is an interesting one. Instead of having an open bar at their wedding, a couple decided let's have a a pot dealer. They got a they got a weed dealer to come to their wedding and sell marijuana. Yeah, I thought this was an absolutely great idea. It was in the state of Oregon, where, of course, um, recreational marijuana use is absolutely legal. Um, They probably saved a lot of money just because they didn't have um, an open bar. They just did an open pot. I don't know. I don't even know. They they had an open burning bush. I think this is a great idea, especially for people who have family and friends who are heavy smokers. Some people like to smoke, some people like to drink, some people like to do both at the same time. My um, family would be all over this shit. You know, but our family, we would have definitely had to have the weed bar in addition to an actual bar because yeah. our family has to have both at the like we're big partiers. But see so, now this this is this makes me feel like country fuck from eastern Kentucky or Alabama is gonna have a meth table at his at his wedding that he's had was having outside of his trailer. Oh my god and, and of course he's gonna have one camo by the way. Um, oh yeah. Yeah I, I I thought this was an absolutely genius idea and I actually think that 
in states where um, recreational use is legal, that there should be more wedding planners who incorporate marijuana into into the wedding. So I think it's an absolute great thing. Like I think it's a good good idea to even do. Um, I was thinking about this. Like, what would my um, weed thing be if I did something weed related in my wedding? And mine would be pre-rolled joints that would have our initials on the paper. Which that is- would be dope. Which yeah. which is very possible. Um, yeah. that, that would be super dope. Super dope. So if if you had to have like one weed related thing at your wedding, like I know you're not like a heavy smoker or whatever. I don't think you smoke anymore, but what I would tried. your... It, it did not work. Um, <laughs> what would your... For a whole nother time. Yeah, what would your... What would your, like, one weed thing be, though? Um, if I had to have one thing weed-related at my wedding, what would it be? Yeah. Um... Instead of a Soul Train line, i do a Puff Puff Pass line. I can't do that. People got canker sores, bro. You can't smoke with everybody. You right. You right about that. You can't smoke with everybody, but but I probably I feel, I feel the spirit around that. Have you seen the videos of people taking the the air the, the bed blowers and putting pot on top of them and then blowing the smoke into the bathroom and basically yes. hot box. I do that. I hot box my whole fucking wedding. I take five or six of those blowers by about a pound of weed. And just get everybody in there toasted, whether they want to be toasted or not. We have old people in there. I, I just, I, I've seen those videos and I don't feel like that's a good idea. And I feel like, even though I'm not necessarily sure on the science behind um, weed giving you lung cancer, I feel like that's definitely the surest the only thing way. about it is when I see people do it, those dumbasses are smoking a blunt while, the, while they have the room fogged up like that. So it's kind of like, what the fuck was the point? Like, you don't even know how high you're going to, like, you're already... One thing I learned is that you There's can, no control in your experiment. You can only get so high. Like, if there, there's a high where it cuts off. Like, um, for 420 once, it's a long time ago, I decided I was going to get high, and a, a, my brother's friend came over here, and we smoked her weed, we smoked my weed, uh, I had bought some, and we got really fucking stoned. And it honestly, probably smoked like six or seven blunts in like a two-hour period. And I was so fucking high, I did not know what was going on, didn't know where the fuck I was. Um, I fell asleep on my couch, and my friends came to my house who were like banging on my door trying to get in because I was supposed to go out with them at night. And uh, one of them ended up crawling through my, my window, and he woke me up, and he said I just stood up and stared at him. And we had a conversation for like five minutes. And then we had a whole conversation that I don't even fuck remember. All I all I have a vivid memory of is him standing in front of me after climbing through my window. <laughs> you don't ever probably need to be that high where you're not aware of your surroundings again. Um, but yeah, there's definitely a limit that you can reach. I don't know that I've ever actually... Oh, the girl! She was just fucking fine. I was a rookie to the shit. That's because you, you, like, you go too fast. You go way too fast. Them, got up and was functioning. I passed out on the couch and I woke up. My little brother was like, yeah, you was just you were asleep for a long time. So uh, his girlfriend at the time, she put a cover over me, but I was, I was knocked out. 
didn't make it out anywhere that night. Yeah, I was going to ask you if you actually made it out to the club. I, I, I just have weird experiences off drugs. Like one. The reason for that is because you do not follow professional drug users. I know hard. And that's the reason I, I stay clear of cocaine and meth and stuff. I'm, if I'm going to do coke, I'm doing two bumps off a white stripper's ass or something like See, that. You, you go way too hard. Other drugs. Like weed, yeah, sure. But other drugs, I'm not delving outside of that that realm. Yeah, you go way too hard. Like you need to learn how to follow instructions. When, like, when you use drugs, you have to follow the instructions of the people around you who have used them before until you get acclimated. Like, yeah, you're, you're I'm always saying, like, I want to try shrooms, but I know I'd have a bad trip because they say if you if you try a shroom and you're like in a good mood when you try it, it's an amazing experience. But my dumb ass. Would be have had the thought process of damn. I wonder what it would be like to be in a bad mood when you and I probably put myself in a bad mood and Tony the Tiger on a fucking cereal box was trying to attack me or some shit. So no, I, I'm gonna stay. I stay away from the hallucinogenics and all the rest of that shit. I'm proud of you for the big word, by the way. But I definitely think that's a good idea. And also because you're kind of a hypochondriac, so you would probably think you were dying, which is yeah, a good thing. And then you get arrested. So, yeah. Drugs are not for you, buddy. No, no, they're not. They're not. They're <laughs> not at all. I, I, I have a natural high off life. So I'll, I'll just stick to that. Um. So our next story about that, guys. Um. Uh, Story time with Billy. <laughs> I have honestly, I have plenty of them. You guys will hear them all at some point. I do a whole episode of stories. How about that? Nobody oh. wants to hear about the crazy life that you have lived for an hour, bro. Next topic. Um, this week on Red Table Talk, they had a discussion. I can't remember the actress's name, um, or what she played on. But anyway, they had a discussion. On, um, the city. Yeah, they had a discussion with the uh, she's not dead. See the bubbly chick off Sex in the City. Um, I can't remember her name, but she was the bubbly one. Yeah, if you watch Sex in the City, yeah. you know who the fuck up. Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, Charlotte off Sex in the City. Um, and they had a discussion about should white people adopt black kids? What'd you think? I thought that this was a very um enlightening discussion simply because I think that her name is Kristen Davis, by the way. I think that um, during the course of the conversation, she kind of went into what she had to go through in order to be able to adopt a child of a different minority. And I think that um, that process is not a process that most people are familiar with. So you're just thinking that a white lady walks into an adoption agency and says, give me the first black baby that you have available. You know, and and she just explained that that's not the way that it works. Um, I thought that it was a really interesting and eye opening conversation. It really did open my eyes to um, allowing because I think I did have. Let me ask you this: Do, do you see any issue with um, white people raising children of color? Um, as someone who plans to adopt one day, I want to adopt at least one kid. I honestly, I think. Anyone who is in a position to help someone else out, especially a child in that way, I think they should do it. If you've got the money, the resources, and you have a home that you can open them up to, I think you should adopt. That's just my 
my opinion on it. I've always taken that opinion, uh, mostly because my mother. My mother took in foster kids and everyone that she could and adopted um, because she felt like it was her due diligence. She, my, She's like the nicest person in the world most of the time, um, unless <laughs> I, I make her mad or my sister makes her mad. She just likes to cuss at us for some reason, but she loves us deeply. But uh, we're her two favorite people to cuss out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I think that I definitely I, had an issue with it. My, well, I I mostly don't as I don't have an issue with it unless you're trying to play the white savior. Um, the mission trip white savior. Everybody knows that stereo. Not even it's not even stereotype. What that is, you know, you go on a mission trip hang out with some black kids in a part of Africa that you would have never went to otherwise just so you can take pictures and get, get praised for it. Um, as long as you're not trying to play that white savior, I'm okay with it. Um, also, I think it's important that if you decide to adopt a child of another race and you're white, particularly an African-American child, is that you keep them true to who they are. Um, there's a man that comes to my barber shop uh, he he brings his two sons in there twice a week. He one of his sons is adopted, and his adopted son he brings him into the black barber shop to make sure he gets that experience and that he's getting his haircut by a black barber. And I think stuff like that is important. You know, if you if you have a, a black African American daughter, you need to know how to do her hair. You need to know the different grades of hair. You need to understand that. It's just certain stuff you have to understand that as you're raising a black child. So you need to not even fully understand a black experience, but you need to be open to the black experiences so they stay true to who they are and that they know who they are, know their community and where they come from. I absolutely agree. And I think that um, one of that was one of the biggest points that she um, was making on the Red Table talk was that she has found that she kind of needed to have a black community around her for the sake of her children um, because she didn't necessarily understand everything that was going on or how to explain it to them. So she needed to have other black people who could kind of walk her through those things. So I think that's important. And I absolutely agree with what you're saying. I think that my issue is the same issue that you have. And listening to her helped me kind of pinpoint what that was is the the whole white savior complex because i was reading another article um earlier this month about a woman who was going on mission trips and she was doing surgery on african babies with no medical license like she had killed like 30 something children and she, she was just over there as a missionary How the fuck did she keep getting been able to go on mission trips like that's what i'm understanding she was doing experiments, basically, on black kids to teach herself how to be a doctor. And she killed 30 people and nobody better than a fucking eye. Nobody, like, nobody did anything about it. And, that, and that's the thing. So, so, like, my thing is, like, that whole white savior, I'm here to save the people, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's, that's where my issue initially lied. And, and I would only hope that um, all white people who adopt not just little black babies, but little Asian babies and, you know, um, little Hawaiian babies or whatever it may be, um, that they would still try to immerse them in as much of their culture as possible because that is important for them to know where they come from and to have a connection to that. And 
know that that's not always the case because there's plenty of adopted children who are adopted by people outside of their race who have absolutely no connection whatsoever to the black community. But I would hope that because we are in um, what I would consider somewhat more enlightened times, that more people are taking this approach when adopting children. I agree. Um, I, I, I do agree. I do concord. That's um, not the word. Okay. Yeah, whatever. Next topic. Mitchie McConnell's family owned slaves in Alabama. This does not surprise me one. I was going to say, are you surprised? He probably still owns slaves. He looks like he still has Mitch McConnell up in his old, basement. He looks like the raisin from those California raisin commercials. Mitch McConnell's old bitch ass <laughs> looks like somebody's short haired grandma who is. You know, every time I see uh, him, I think of that you, movie Master of Disguise, and I just want to go, am I not turtle enough for your turtle club? He's the only motherfucker left in this world with the Benjamin Franklin round glasses on. <laughs> I just, okay, let's get back to the to the issue at hand here. This, he said that um, him and Obama are in the same boat because, it, you know, Obama's mother's parents own plays at some point. Um but that's and and they were both against reparations, so now they're in the same boat. But that's not the same flipping thing. Um, it's not the same thing at all. And I think that um, Mitch McConnell, in a very large way, represents everything that is wrong with America. And he's also the reason that not a whole lot is getting done in Washington, and has been the reason for that for a long time. Um, I really honestly wish that people in Kentucky would vote him out of office. Um, I don't this know. This man kind of... has been getting voted in for 30 years. Yeah, it's has absolutely done nothing for the community. Get rich. He's got rich. I don't even know at this point if they're actually voting him in or if we they're just not voting. And it has to be the dumb fucks in East, Mountain Dew drinking fucks in Eastern Kentucky, the coal miners and shit like that up there. They have to be the ones voting for him. I don't understand why anybody would it looks like Franklin the Turtle. And that's what I see when I see him. I see Franklin the Turtle. He has to be his parents' biggest disappointment. Um, also, every time I want to meet Mitch McConnell, I'm going to shake his hand and jiggle his chin. <laughs> <laughs> he has like this, this, he has no chin, but he has like this pocket, like this. It's a turkey, this, a turkey. This turkey giblet yeah. that hangs from his neck that shakes as he talks. I just want to grab it and shake it. I just, I really honestly like a, feel he, like... He has a coin purse attached to his neck that he keeps all his loose change in. Oh, shit. I can't with you. He's a bald chin again. Mitch um, McConnell buys batteries. He just unzips his neck and lets it fall out on the counter at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> he lets the coins fall out on the counter at Walmart and counts oh, them Please stop. I'm trying to have a conversation here. Did you hear that he said that um, he wasn't for reparations because Obama was like basically because we've had a black president? You agree that like reparations are not necessary, that having a black president negates the need no, for I don't. reparations. Mitch McConnell's a fucking idiot, bro. I cannot stand him. Definitely think that he was his parents' biggest disappointment. Oh, yeah, he uh, definitely was. When when he was a kid, instead of squeezing his cheeks, they squeezed the thing on his neck. I would like to see pictures of baby Mitch. 
What does baby Mitch look like exactly? What does a slug look like when it's born? I don't, you know what? I'm going to National Geographic look that up. I just, I, I, I inherently have a problem with Mitch McConnell. Um, I don't think that he represents his state very well. He has absolutely gotten rich off of the state of Kentucky. Um, I think that this is absolute bullshit, his stance on reparations. And I'm prayerful that at some point he is voted out um, of Congress. But I also wanted to ask you if you saw the lady who is running, um, who is calling herself a Trump Democrat. I have n- how? What? Can you explain to me what is going on in Kentucky, please? What do you mean? Why we keep voting Mitch McConnell in? What are y'all doing? What is what you voting Mitch McConnell in? You have Matt Bevin as the governor, and then this lady is running as. Let a me Trump tell you a little bit about Matt Bevin for those who don't know. Matt Bevin, I will never let that shit forget when he last year the teachers decided to go on strike, and Matt Bevin got on national TV and said. Since the teachers were on strike, there's some kid around in the world in Kentucky right now getting raped. And I will never forget that he took that extreme automatically. He said, there's no one watching those kids. No one. These are kids at home. Since right now, some kid is getting raped. That shit is disturbing, Matt Bevin. Disturbing. And the whole time he looked like he was on coke. Right on. I'm pretty sure if you look at Matt Bevin a lot of time, he's he's on drugs. Peel something. He's juiced the fuck up. Matt Bevin is a cow. He's a juiced up cow who likes <laughs> likes drinking Monster Energy drinks. Did you just call him a juiced up cow? He's a juiced up cow who likes Monster Energy drinks in his Ford F-150. Um, wow. The thing about Kentucky, Kentucky, that those who don't know, other than the Dakotas, which are almost self-governed by the, uh, some of the tribes, we have the lowest literacy rate, um, especially in Northern Kentucky. These are dumb fucks, no offense. Um... They're just stupid. They're Mountain Dew drinking, no teeth having, tobacco chewing races uh, up in these areas, and they are illiterate. And for some reason, um, they vote with what's popular. Mitch McConnell's been popular for the last thirty years, and they won't stop voting for him. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the lady's name is Amy McGrath, and she's actually running against McConnell as a Trump Democrat. I have not heard anything about her. I probably need to look this up more. Yeah, no, you definitely do because if if she is his competition, then this is who you would be voting for in Kentucky. Mitch McConnell has to be an alien. What is that on his neck? Well, speaking of which, are you planning on storming Area 51? My God. My God, my God. Area 51 has been the funniest fucking topic on Facebook um, for the last couple of days. If anyone who follows me on Facebook has seen that I share at least 14 minutes of this Area 51 thing because it's been fucking hilarious. And I would love to storm Area 51 with them, but I am a black man. I will be the first to go. No, I am not planning on storming Area 51. But I hope they actually try this shit. It'd be cool to see a mass murder in America. Well, what I'm going to say is if all of the celebrities who have said that they were going actually go, then I might go and just hide behind Chuck Norris. 
I'm going to get behind John. Oh, John Wick. I think The Rock's back enough is big enough for me to jump on it and him not feel me. So either one, I'm going with one of those. You're going, you're going to jump on The Rock's back. He probably won't feel it at all. I love that idea. I do absolutely love it. Um, let's move on to the next topic. Jaden Smith, man. Sire, he is dope, man. He honestly is. Um, Everyone knows that he recently put water uh, water filtration system, not systems, but he he put water filtration machines that his company created, which his company owns um, one of the cleanest renewable waters out there, Box Water. Um, the water is boxed, and so has to help the environment. Um, and it's become a huge thing. He's going to end up being a billionaire off of that uh, that concept, I think. Um, but he's just released, um, I, I think it was in a Los Angeles area. He started a, it's called something love food truck. He started a food truck for the homeless where they just come and get free food, man. And I think it's just, su it's super dope that he's so forward thinking at his age. Absolutely. Um, I think that the Smiths had an amazing job with, um, their children. Yeah, absolutely. Um, amount of love that Jaden has for the world and wanting to see the world go in a more positive direction is amazing to me. Um, they spend a lot of their time just um, trying to conceptualize how to make the world a better place, which is like more people should be like that. Um, and they actually, the food truck gives, it's vegan food. So it's healthy food for homeless people. And what's crazy is people don't realize like, when you don't have money or when you have a lower income, you can't afford to eat healthy. So those options are simply not available to you. Like you, you never know when the last time a homeless person or low income person had a vegetable outside of what's on the lettuce on a dollar cheeseburger from McDonald's simply because that's what they can afford. Um, I think it's absolutely amazing what he's doing. Um, a lot of the initiatives that he has, done in the last few years to just help out the community has benefit benefited like thousands um with the water initiative that he in Flint and um this that he's doing now it's just been amazing to kind of watch him grow into this kind of um philanthropical not even yet adult um what what would you call it? like a pre-adult I guess like it's I, I just think this is a beautiful thing to do, and I wish that um, more celebrities did things like this, but so I think that it inspires me to do more in my community. You know what I'm saying? Um, I agree, especially young people, because I think um, a lot of young people are stuck in the now world instead of thinking about the future and how how what we're doing now impacts that. And I think Jaden Smith thinks about the future and how what we do now impacts that. Um, when you're stuck in the now, you sometimes can fuck yourself for the future. So I I, I think that's the thing that I wish a lot, of, a lot more young people would think about. So we're going to go ahead and move on to the next topic. Um, about to make some trades, man. Uh, let's turn on the trade generators, get some of these white delegation trades going. Um, we are the black delegation. We are here to trade, make <laughs> trades between black people and white people. We are the, we, we're agents. We're agents for the black I'm delegation. I'm so excited about this. Um, Let's make some trades. What, what you got on your mind, man? Okay. So 
this is what I'm thinking, right? What do you think about Wendy Williams for Ellen? We're making that trade. I 100% agree with that trade. I, I mean, Ellen can dance. She got a little rhythm, you know. Yeah, Ellen, I think Ellen grew up in Brooklyn too, so Ellen's from the hood. We we definitely making that Ellen trade. Ellen is definitely from Louisiana, but uh, go right ahead. <laughs> I, some somewhere along the lines, I was close. I meant to say Louisiana. I was thinking of Master P. Yeah, but um, we can definitely make that trade. I want to trade someone back that we took on a little while, uh, probably a couple of years ago. Michael Rappaport got to fucking go. We're giving him back to the white people, and we will be taking New York-style cheesecake. Um, Wait a minute. We're trading cheesecake for Michael Rappaport? Yeah, we're giving them Michael Rappaport, and we're taking their New York-style cheesecake. Okay, okay, okay. We're taking, yeah. baked, we're taking baked cheesecake. Black no, people no, no, while we're doing that, while we're doing that, I'm going to trade Jacquees for mayonnaise. I'm trading Jacquees like for mayonnaise. Trade. I like that trade, because... Um, a lot of times, black people do, we do the uh, no-baked cheesecake. White people do the baked cheesecake, but I like both, and I would like New York style to be on our side. So, yeah, Jacquees for mayo is a good one. Mayo is underrated, man. Black people are getting more into mayonnaise, man. We are. We're getting more into liking mayonnaise. At first, it was a joke that white people love mayonnaise, but no, that shit is good. Okay, um, give me another one. Oh. Let's see who we got next. Uh, we've already traded Kanye. We've traded trade. Uh, who you who you think we should trade next? I'm gonna go with um, Bernie Sanders for Ben Carson. I like that trade. I like that fucking trade. Bernie I think that's fair. I that's think it's fair. That's a good one. I'm gonna say. Um, I hate to say it, man. But recently he said some really weird things. We might have to trade Daniel Caesar. Who are you trading him for? Oh, let's trade him for Nick Jonas. We could or we could trade him for Caesar dressing because Caesar dressing is good. <laughs> no. Caesar I, for want, Caesar. I legit want, I don't want the other Jonas brothers. I just not like Caesar them. dressing. I'm not really. Not Black, people on the fuck with the ranch, man. Black people fuck with the ranch. Or we let's trade him for garlic parmesan. Billy, I want Nick. Billy, you don't want Nick Jonas. I like he Nick. Insane. I like. I like Nick Jonas. I like Nick Jonas. I think that's a fair trade for Nick Jonas. Okay. Okay. I, I like Nick Jonas. I like Nick Jonas. Um. Um. Let me see. I think we should trade. Hmm. We are going to trade. Like doing a trade backs, man. There's certain people we just got to give back to them. Um, Who do you want to give back? I'm giving I, back um, Justin Bieber. Yeah, I agree. But what are we getting in return for for Biebs? Biebs is okay, big. Just, Biebs just is big listen. Man. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna big. take. I'm gonna take Bieber. Justin Bieber, and I'm gonna take avocados. My nigga, we're we're trading um, Iggy Azalea back. She got to go. We'll take another Australian. Give us uh, Hemsworth. I mean, the dude who played Thor. We're going to take Thor for Iggy Azalea. I feel like that's a really big ask for Iggy Azalea. I feel like we should give them two for him. So let's trade Miley Cyrus back as well. Yeah, we, we traded her back a little while ago, though. Did we trade her already? Okay, then who else Who else can we trade with Iggy? Can we, 
Because I want to make this fair for the white people. Okay, what can we throw in with Iggy? Um, I don't know, man. You know what? If they will take Iggy back, I will give them talking in the movies. Okay, yeah, we can. We can Stop do that. Doing that. We can do that. Um, will ch- I'll- in addition to Chris Hemsworth because that was part of the original deal. I want to trade. Uh, let's see, who else can we trade? I want to trade. Hmm. Who do you think we should trade next? Let's do two more trades. Trading Kodak Black. Ooh, let's trade him for olive oil. Olive oil is slept on, man. Black people need olive oil. We need more healthy stuff. <laughs> we trade Kodak Black for you olive oil. want to trade him for EVOO, extra virgin olive oil? <laughs> extra virgin olive oil. It's healthy. We need to start cooking with that shit so we live longer. You know what? And Kodak Black does look kind of crusty, so I would definitely trade him for olive oil. I agree. Yeah, we need to trade. We can even we can we can let them have Nicki Minaj at this point too. Um, I don't know we're gonna trade her for, but I think we should trade Nicki. Who should we trade Nicki for though? Let's see. I feel like to give up Nicki Minaj, it'd have to be somebody good. But I am sick of all of her complaining. Um. I'm trying to think. You know what? Give me Justin Timberlake. I'll take JT for Nikki. Give me I'll Justin Timberlake. He is a funk soul brother. Yeah, I'll, I'll take JT for Nikki. Yep. Him and we are we getting his wife too though. Jessica Gardner is that her name? Bill Jessica Alba. This is somebody's Jessica. Jessica Bill. She fine as hell too. <laughs> Since I seen Jessica Biel's ass on uh, I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, I've had a crush on her. And it is, <laughs> I've had a crush on her ever since then. I feel like you need some help. But I feel like also as a default with Justin Timberlake, because Jimmy Fallon is like his best friend, Jimmy Fallon gets to come too. Like he just. We've we we been had Jimmy though. We've been had Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon been down with the Brown. You might be right about that. Hmm. All righty. So those are our trades. Um, <laughs> that was fun. I, I really thought that um, that would be fun to do to see who you could come up with to trade. And I feel like those are some good ones. And I'm still trying to figure out somebody trade who can trade for Martha Stewart because I want her. Which trade are you most excited about? For me, it's olive oil, man. I'm most excited about getting extra virgin olive oil. I stupid. think that was a big You are stupid. Um, I think the trade that I am probably most excited about that we said is going to be Ellen. I fucking love Ellen. Yeah, Ellen's, Ellen is an amazing human. Ellen is in that rare space with people like Action Bronson and where it's just like a white person, you just fuck with, like, you just connect with them, like, that show, like, that show, you know what I'm saying? What's what's hilarious is I was about to say she's relatable, but that's literally the name of her Netflix special. <laughs> it's relatable. Because she is, like, she's mad relatable. Like, I love her. Like, everybody gets a little bit of Ellen, you know what I'm saying? She's parfait. So let's get interesting. Uh, next topic we pulled from, I can't believe you just called Ellen DeGeneres a parfait. Uh, a quote from the fishbowl is an Obama cabinet member recently came out and defended the detention center saying that Obama used them. What'd you think of that? Which is true, by the way. I am 
absolutely, utterly, and completely sick of arguing back and forth with people about whether or not this is humane. Um, I'm tired of watching people on the news saying that they don't see any issue with this. Because first of all, this is, I, I was looking, have you seen the video, the like behind the scenes video that they were able to get inside of one of the detention centers? Well, they just released a photo today of the vice president walking through a detention center. Uh, there was a gate, and on the other side of that gate were 340 men stuffed like cattle. That's my thing. What? They said that they hadn't, they hadn't uh, bathed or brushed their teeth in, in over a month. And I mean, yeah. it's, it's sick. Yeah, but, but everything's okay. We're supposed to believe that everything's okay and these people are getting exactly what they need. Um, I am, what I don't understand and what immediately stuck out to me is when they were designing these facilities, whose idea was it to put a gate inside? He tells me that because that's the way that they literally herd cattle. Have you ever seen the videos of people like herding cattle through, um, they, they like go, walk through gates? Yeah, I, I've seen it. So my thing is, it's like you were intent on treating these people like animals from the very onset facilities, regardless of who fucking, I don't care if George Washington Carver used them. They're wrong. Wrong is wrong. It's wrong is wrong. I agree. No, man, it's it's crazy. Um, I even listened to Kamala Harris on the Breakfast Club the other day where she said that they tried to visit a detention center, but it was a private detention center um, a, for money, detention center, that they were making money off of this. And that they because it was a private detention center, as senators, they weren't even allowed to go in and look at the conditions of the people in there. I mean, that's sick. It's that's, crazy that's how you and they decided to allow people to profit off of this. Exactly. And what's crazy is how you can receive government money and tell the government that they can't come and inspect your center. That's fucking ridiculous to me. Like, to me, something about this whole thing just does not sit right um, with me the way that they're trying to make it seem like uh, everything's okay when we can clearly see that it's not. And, and I feel like at this point, anybody who's willing to say that these people are receiving exactly what they need and that conditions aren't there. But I feel like it's all bullshit. It's straight up and down bullshit. Um, and I feel like we are at this point guilty of some sort of UN violations. We have to be. Yeah. I mean, it crazy that we look at we looked at people like Saddam Hussein and um supposedly Gaddafi and um Vladimir Putin and we look at these guys as these horrible dictators who mass murdered all these people then we do this in our country yeah we we have no we no longer have the moral high ground at all at all um, and I feel like a lot of what we do in this world is let's try and save people for 
the democracy so that the democracy can look better. Like we're always the first ones to run into these other countries and try to make things better. We need help at this point. Like we need to overthrow this dictatorship. Like something has to change in America because this is not the America that we were taught is supposed to exist. It's not. This is not what our forf well what America's forefathers fought for because my forefathers were in chains. Um, but this is not, you know, what the Constitution was based on. Like I am utterly um, disappointed and saddened to say that I live in an America where these things are happening. I I just I don't know what 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 we can do. We're literally there are people around the nation that are screaming. And our screams aren't being heard. I don't know what's next. Well, I mean, we're we're already at the point of concentration camps for. Um, and and I think history will look at it as that. I, I think I totally agree. I think anybody who sees way, it the wrong way is on the wrong path. What we did to the Japanese Americans as a concentration camp. Ultimately, this this is the same thing. Exactly, I completely agree. Um, and, and like I said, we've lost the moral high ground at this point. We talked about um, reparations in Germany and we talked about um, th- these being concentration camps on last episode, but we're still in the exact same spot. And and what really pisses me off is, and, and I don't think most people are thinking about this, is that these are not new situations. These things have been being reported for the last six months when all of this first started. Um, and now everybody, Congress, you know, the Democrats, they're all up in arms about it. When you just literally gave the government a blank check to do whatever they wanted to do. Yeah. And, and none of this stuff has been addressed. Like you're throwing money at the problem when money is not the fucking issue. Basic human rights are the issue here. Money is not going to solve that at all. And and I, I'm so sick and tired of seeing people go on CNN and they're crying and they're sad about all this is going on. But what what are you as Congress people really doing to fix the fucking situation? And right now, it seems like nothing. No, they're, they're just talking about it. Like and, and that's what pisses me off so much so frequently about the way that we get things done is we just sit around and we talk about shit until either the problem goes away completely or it completely disintegrates into an even larger problem. I agree. Um, We're going to move on to the next topic. Um, The next topic is this new crop of female rappers. There was an article done about how instead of looking at sexualizing them, being looked at as more of a sexual liberators. What do you think about that? I think that that is absolutely true. I think that we live in a time now where women are really stepping into their power as um, I can be, do, and say anything that I want to and that doesn't make me less of a woman. I feel like for you know, the longest time women were literally oppressed by the idea of being a woman because that had so many restrictions 
attached to it. So now that we live in a time where we're in the Me Too moment, we're in a time where women are able to wear what they want to wear um, and stand up for themselves in ways historically that we have not been able to do, um, where we basically enjoy the most rights that women have ever had in this world is right now at this time. I think it's a, a wonderful thing. I think it's awesome. But I also think that there's a lot of different types of female rappers out there. And I don't want people to think that this is the only type of female rap that there is because that's not true. It's not. Um, You got other female rappers that are soulful and amazing. But I do love um, the cohesion that a lot of these young ladies are showing. Meg the Stallion, Dreezy, um, Trina, uh, City Girls, Cardi, they all kind of seem to be like they're cool with each other. It's you you're seeing less of this division one woman on top and more of a cohesive unit when it comes to female rap. And I think it's super dope. Which I absolutely love. I love the idea of girl power and girls standing behind other girls because we're stronger when we're we're all standing together instead of fighting amongst ourselves. And I think that's my biggest issue with Nicki Minaj is that she seems to pick a lot of useless fights instead of standing with other women. So like I'm liking that I'm seeing the opposite of that female rap moving towards the opposite of that because for so for as long as I can remember there has always been that there can only be one bad bitch on top and all the other bitches need to bow down. I don't think it has to be that way. I agree. Um, I mean, men have linked up in rap for the longest. There's never, honestly, if anything, the clear, the top has always been kind of clear cut with the men as far as a pecking order, kind of. Um, Hove is looked at as God. Drake and Kendrick are looked at, and guys like Cole are looked at as the, the new up-and-coming kings of the rap game, but they're also all kind of cool with each other, more more so Kendrick and um, Cole than anything. But there's always been a little bit of a clear pecking order. Um, plus, a guy like J. Cole, he's so nice, it seems like. That. Who's going to get mad at him? Like, even when you listen to J. Cole's music here where he talks about other rappers, he's schooling them more along the lines like as a mentor than he is dissing them yeah i completely agree um so as a part of this did you see what jermaine dupree had to say about the state of rap right now what did he say was along something along the lines of it was strippers rapping or something yeah like basically the only thing that he sees is like strippers rapping like do you agree with that is that the only type of is he made all his he 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 did nothing but take advantage of a bunch of little kids nobody wants to hear what he has to say is responsible for the South popping off, though, for real. Like, if you really, like, I mean, give him credit where credit is. He's also responsible for robbing a bunch of little kids. I don't know nothing about him sticking up no little kids now. Um, Listen, Bow Wow was our Justin Bieber. Am I correct? (laughs) I'm not going to say that Bow Wow was my Justin Bieber. All that shit, come on, bro. Bow Wow wasn't your Justin Bieber. I, I, 
Yeah. He was the highest selling hip hop artist for years. Really, like, I will. We're probably talking about Mr. 106 in Park. Like, no joke. His video would drop on 106 in Park. One video would be there for as the number one video, like for the rest of the year. He was our Justin Bieber. Clear cut. He was doing numbers like Justin Bieber with CD. I had no, no idea you were so passionate about Bowie. Tour Sasha that was banking him like a hundred that they were making like a hundred and fifty million, and yet he's broke now and, and hasn't seen any of that, that that real money. And people have talked to him about it in interviews, and he's admitted it, but still calls Jermaine Dupree pops. Jermaine Dupree also did the same thing with Criss Cross. He robbed a bunch of kids. He was going after kid artists who parents would ultimately end up being their agents. His parent, the parents were listening to him, and he was fucking them out of a shit ton of money. Is basically what he was doing. I'm not disputing that fact, but I'm just asking you if you agree or disagree with what he said about there only being one type of female rap right now. That that's no, all that I don't agree. I don't agree at all. Like, look, look at Rhapsody. She was up for a Grammy a couple years ago, and she's the most soulful, deep Southern, as, as soulful, deep and Southern as you can get. I agree. I agree. I just, you know, it sparked a whole lot of outrage. Like, people were going in on Jermaine Dupri online um, based off of you know, his remarks about it just being stripper rap now. But I think that you have to, I think what's popular right now, just like, you know, with male rap, like there's always going to be that one popular sound that dominates the airwaves. Um, I think that for female rap, that's just what's popular right now. But I can think of plenty of other female rappers who don't necessarily prescribe to that same, um, They don't necessarily do the same thing, but they are successful in their own right. So, yeah, I, I don't agree that, you know, female rap is just one dimensional, but I definitely do like the wave of female rap that's coming in right now. I think it's beautiful and I'm enjoying the music having a hot girl summer. Are you having a hot boy summer, Billy? I don't know what the fuck. I'm still confused. I mean, I've drove, driven the boat a couple of times. I'm still I'm, I'm still confused. I, Kodak Black probably should have got that marketed because it's fucking hilarious. He probably make a shit ton of money off of that. Let this let me draw the bow phrase that Meg stole and ran with it and created something perfect. But I'm what it what exactly to you is a hot girl summer? Just so to me, my hot girl summer is including um, living my best life, turning up, um, and. Being a real ass bitch, don't give a fuck about a nigga. <laughs> <laughs> you are stupid. I got tears in my eyes because I was laughing before I even said it. That's hilarious. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move on to the next topic. So there are these new spaces um, in New York where you don't have any privacy, but you can rent a bunk bed for $1,200 a month. And you, you aren't locked into anything long. Literally rent this space. And if you want to get rid of it, you can move on, however you want to do it. But there's no 
actual signers, there's no contract or anything. I think it's dope. If this would have been around when I was like just coming out of high school, I'd be like, "Mom, I'm gonna live. In, I want to go live in New York for." $1,200 a month is a lot of money for a bunk bed. You still have to eat, bro. But I, I think mostly the people who are getting these are people who, like I said, are travelers. Imagine, though, you, instead of backpacking across Europe, your parents give you um, $3,000 and you spend $1,200 on that. And then, because you get internet access, Wi-Fi, you know, access to bathroom stuff like that. So imagine you spend twelve hundred on that, and then you keep the rest of your bread in your pocket to live off of, and you come back home. That would be dope to live in New York for a month. Let me ask you a question because I feel like we we grew up in two different households. When did Mama give you three thousand dollars to go backpacking in Europe? Because that's kind of like like whose fucking parents are you talking about? Twelve hundred dollars is a lot of money to the average person to pay to sleep in a fucking bunk bed. No. On basketball camps for me, so I can't say that I couldn't have got the three thousand dollars. It wasn't three thousand dollars either, and they damn sure it wasn't twelve hundred either. Like the the camps were running like six to seven. You got to think these camps were running like six to seven hundred dollars. They were going. Not, not on top of the six to seven hundred dollars that the cat was running, or my uh, they were going out buying me new beds, seats, sheets, and sets. I would get a new pair of shoes to take to the camp, toothbrush, all this. I mean, they were spending almost a grand to send me to the camps every year. Billy, it's still not. I I just feel like because okay, think about it this way. You even if as a high schooler, you could do something like this. Let me let me break it down to you this way because I want to see what you think after I, I explain to you how this is gonna work. So you let's say you're 18, you decide that for the summer you're gonna go live in New York and you're gonna pay twelve hundred dollars a month, right? Right. You're there your first weekend, you go out, you meet somebody, you want to take them back to your place. Where y'all gonna go? I'm going back to her place. Like, come on, dude. Be, let's be real. She stay at a bunk bed house, too. Like, for we, real. We're going to get it in in Central Park. Somewhere, <laughs> I don't know. Around back, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I just feel like it's impractical. Like, $1,200 is a lot of money to not have your own space. For what, like, I saw the bunk beds and they look real nice. It's a real cute idea, but... It's impractical for me because I need my own area. Come to your house and there's a staple sitting on the counter and I move that staple, it's going to bother you. Because it was where I wanted it to be. The only weird motherfucker I know that has these preset volumes in her head of where her TV has to be. Like if it's not... You don't, have to, TV, you don't have to tell everybody on the podcast. You get pissed off. It's anywhere between. That's weird. Like you're, you're the wrong person to talk to about this. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just saying that I need my own space to be able to relax. And I feel like living in a community space, especially for that much money, is unreasonable. What the fuck do you think a hostel is? When people backpack, they go stay in hostels. It's they're city. not paying $1,200 a month either, Billy. I know what a hostel is. In a hostel for the whole month. I think it's a smart idea, especially for someone who wants to see New York. It's a cheaper idea. No, I don't think so. I think it's more expensive, and I feel like it's not. Um, I'm shit. It's not community property, so I just don't want it to be out in the open. That's all I'm saying. I have a I have an inherent problem with this, 
for so, other people like you. I said, okay, I want to go to New York. I want to make it big. This is what I got to do. I I, I'm, I'm, I don't have a whole lot of money. Well, I got two grand. Let's go see what I can pop off in a month. I rent this space, find a job or something, and then just move up after that month like that. I mean, it's it's people out here would do that type of shit. There's people who literally put their lives on the line for shit like that. So I think having a space like this, even for especially for travelers and these people who want to be in it but not be in it, I think it's cool. I think it's a smart idea. It's forward thinking. Just as, just 10, 15 years ago, we would have had this uh, uh, the same conversation that you would have said the same shit you're telling me about an Airbnb. Now look at them. They're putting hotels out of business, literally. It's for Airbnb is my favorite thing in the whole wide world. So I wouldn't have been saying that. And secondly, I just I said it's not for me. And honestly, I don't think it's for you either because you're a germaphobe. And you would have to be in a room with other people's germs. You would have to share a shower with other people's germs. And you know how you are about people washing their hands. Like you couldn't live there either. Don't worry about what the fuck I could do. Exactly. You You always get upset when I'm right. Go on to the next subject. So this is our last topic for the day, guys. Um, Black parents are turning to Afrocentric schools. I think this is amazing. And I'm super excited because um, growing up for me, K through eight, I definitely went to an Afrocentric school. We had um, African dance classes and um, we had assemblies every Friday where we sang the Black National Anthem and celebrated you know we didn't have the normal curriculum celebrated um, kwanzaa we yeah. learned about african-american yeah, like we learned african history um and i felt like that ultimately led me to being this like super aware of my blackness per- type person and i want my children to have the same kind of thing so i think this is an amazing thing and i'm not necessarily in for the um, education system as it is right now so I think this is beautiful um, and I had my own issues with going to an Afrocentric school at the time um, Billy what would you say was probably the least the thing you liked the least about it because you went there as well um, first off I want to start off by saying I am because we are we are therefore I, I am, am. Um, Secondly, the only thing I think is a lack of funding. I think that was one of the big things at the school that I went to. Um, is a lack of like we had books, but we could never take them out of the, like. Okay, I grew up in and I went to that first century school, so we um, we had books. We could never take them out of the class. The backs and stuff like that were missing. Um, we didn't have computers in our school. So, I mean, when I moved to Kentucky, it was the first time I ever used a computer in the school. Yeah, um, I think I was in high school. When I also used- behind, when I moved down here, the kids in my classes were doing algebra and I had no fucking clue what they were even looking at. I was like, why the fuck are y'all got letters next to numbers? Seriously, I'm not <laughs> even joking. Funny, but had, funny, I got funny. into that type of curriculum where I was because uh, mostly a lack of funding. I agree. I agree. Um, I think, I think that, that would be an amazing idea. I do, especially if you can get the community backing from it. Um, and if you do have the funding, and I, and I think 
especially with smaller class sizes, you can obviously focus more on student to student. I think it's good um, because you can get that relationship with your own people and you can have, a, it helps you have a better understanding of yourself, um, your world and how to move in it and how it how it's evolving. I absolutely agree. And I can also agree with you on the downside of um, going to one of those schools because um, I just feel like we have to make sure that whatever kind of school we're sending our children to, whether it's an Afro Afrocentric school or just a neighborhood school, that we they are getting the the same quality education that their white counterparts are getting. Um, because I definitely, while I can say that I did have my advantages um, in going to an Afrocentric school as an African American woman, it did make me like very proud to be who I am. I never felt like I had to shrink my blackness in public. Um, which I know is something that a lot of people do feel. However, when I got to high school, like I said, I had never used a computer before. Um, there were definitely setbacks, but that was because our school wasn't funded like the other schools um, in in our city. So I just want to make sure that in sending your children to these Afrocentric schools, we want to make sure that they are still receiving a quality education and will still be able to ultimately pass the test that they need to pass in order to go to college and be successful in America, um, even if those tests are complete bullshit. Yeah, tests are definitely complete bullshit. Um, but yeah, I think it's great, man. Um, if I ever had the chance, I would love to send my kids to something like that. I think being able to be educated every day and really learning how much African-Americans impact the, we literally ever, we have our stamp on every piece of history you learn. People just don't know. Yeah. And I also think another big part of that is being able to learn from black teachers. All of our teachers, um, when we went to that school were African-American, the only white teachers we had, we had one kindergarten teacher who was a white lady and we had, we had a white gym teacher too and and, and that, that's what I was about to say and then our gym teacher was white so we had two white teachers in the entire school K through 8 um, so that was also very empowering and we didn't see a lot of the behavioral issues I don't think that um, people see inside the just the general education system because black teachers understand how to handle black children I agree, man. Um, so, ladies and gents, that's the motherfucking show for the motherfucking day. Please come back with us another motherfucking time. Okay, you're getting motherfucking out of control. Okay, okay, Samuel Jackson. Too <laughs> many snakes on this motherfucking plane. <laughs> that's the show for today. Why don't you take us out? We want to thank y'all so much for joining us as always. And remember, we do this um for you and with you and i want you to keep this with you until we meet again bad times make a good man all right that was a good show